Allahu Akbar Allahu Akbar Allahu Akbar أشهد أن لا إله إلا الله أشهد أن لا إله إلا الله أشهد أن محمد رسول الله أشهد أن محمد رسول الله حي على Al-Rasul فأولئك مع الذين أنعم الله عليهم من النبيين والصديقين والشهداء والصالحين وحسن أولئك رفيقا وقال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم الدنيا سجن المؤمن وجنة الكافر وكما قال عليه الصلاة والسلام Respected elders, beloved brothers, all praise and shukr is due to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala who has blessed us with this great bounty of Iman Allah ta'ala keep us all steadfast on Iman take us away from this world with Iman and resurrect us on that condition with that level of iman which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will be happy with us on the day of Qiyamah. Love friends, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has sent us in this world for a very short time. How many people were with us last week but they are not with us this week? How many people were with us last month but they are not with us this month? How many people were with us last year but they are not with us, with us this year? So the reality of life is that كل نفس إذا إقتل الموت Every soul shall have the taste of death. 
Whether a person is rich, whether he's poor, whether he's black or white, from Africa or Asia, he has to drink from the cup of death. So in Urdu there's two words. One is called Zarurat. Zarurat means your needs and your necessities. One is called Maqsat. Maqsat means your objective in life. So what is the asal objective, the, what is the, the highest or the desired objective of every believer, of every human being? That person who saves himself from the fire of Jahannam and admits himself into Jannat has attained, attained true success. This is the success which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks in the Quran and Majid. And for this success, that is why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent down the Anbiya alayhi salatu wasalam upon the face of this earth to make such an effort on the hearts of human beings to shift the attention from the creation to the creator, from mal, from the things of the world towards those actions which will get the pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and from the short-lived dunya to the everlasting akhirah. Imam Ghazali used to say, if you take this entire universe and you fill it up with mustard seeds and if a bird has to come every thousand years it takes one seed and it goes away after another thousand years it takes another seed and it goes away a day will come when those mustard seeds will come to an end but akhirat will never ever come to an end forever and forever so the short life Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us beloved friends we have to make such an effort not only us but we have to make such an effort on every single human being whether he's Muslim or non-Muslim. The reason why we have to make an effort, beloved friends, is because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks about this effort in the quran Majid, pertaining our family members. Ya al-hijara. O people of Iman, save yourselves and your families from the fire of Jahannam, the fuel of which will be mankind and stones. So when Nabi alayhi salatu was mentioning this verse of the Quran to the Sahaba, sahaba Ikram, one elderly Sahabi posed this question, he asked, O Nabi of Allah, will there be stones in Jahannam? So Rasulullah sallallahu mentioned something to the near meaning that the size of one boulder of Jahannam is greater than all the mountains of the world put together. When he heard this, he fell down unconscious. Nabi Ali sallallahu took his blessed hands, placed it on his chest and made him recite the kalima. And like this, he recited the kalima and he passed away out of the fear of Jahannam. Then Basharat and glad tidings was given to him that Jannat has become wajib upon him because he passed away out of the fear of Jahannam. At the time of Umar radiallahu anhu, there was a youngster. He was very, very righteous. He was very, very pious. This youngster, every day after Isha Salah, he used to go and visit his elderly father. From the masjid to his father's house, there used to be a lady on the walkway trying to seduce him. So wife, the youngster used to go, she used to try to seduce him. And on one occasion, she succeeded in seducing him. So this youngster starts to follow this lady into her house. And before he enters the house, he remembers the, the verses of the Qur'an. He, verse, he remembers the verses of the Quran from Surah Al-A'raf. Verily, when the temptations of shaitan reaches those who fear Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, they stop, open up their eyes, stay away from the wrong, keep the punishments and the rewards in front. When this verse of the Quran came in front of him, then this youngster fell on unconscious. This lady with the help of her maidservant picks up this youngster and takes this youngster to the father's house, knocks at the door, leave him at the entrance and they go away. So when the father opens the door, he sees his son is unconscious. He calls the family members and they wake him up. 
And then he speaks to him, Oh my son, are you okay? What had happened? And he narrates the entire incident. Then the father tells him, asking this question, that, Oh my son, what was that verse of the Quran that you did? And then he mentions this verse of the Quran for the second time. And this time he falls down unconscious and he passes away. He falls down unconscious and he passes away. So it's the middle of the night, they arrange for the janaza salah, ghusl is given, and they bury him. Meaning Umar radiallahu anhu, that this is what had happened. So Umar radiallahu anhu tells him, that, why, did you not, why did you not inform me? Why did you not tell me about it? So they explain themselves that it was the middle of the night and they didn't know it was in taklif and disturbance and any inconvenience. So nevertheless, he tells him, okay, take me by those youngsters' grave. So when Umar radiallahu goes towards the grave of those youngsters, he addresses the youngster and he mentions the verse of the Quran in Surah Rahman, وَلِمَنْ خَافَ مَقَامَ رَبِّهِ جَنَّتَانِ That person who fears standing in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala on the day of Qiyamah, Allah will give him two jannahs. When he mentions this verse, the youngster from the qabr replies, oh, Umar, Allah has already given me those two jannahs. Beloved friends, asal is akhirat. Akhirat is the focus. Today, unfortunately, when you mention these two words, zarurat and maqsad, zarurat is that needs and necessities we have to work on, we have to sort the bills out, we have to look after the family members. Yes, every person has to do that. And this is not, unfortunately, we have made this our object in life. We have made our necessities our object in life. And that which we are making such an effort for, where has it been destined? It has been destined already when we are in our mother's womb. Nabi Ali Islam mentions in a hadith something to the new meaning that Allah Ta'ala appoints an angel at the womb of the mother. So this angel proclaims, Oh my Rabb, it is now a drop of sperm. Oh my Rabb, it is now a piece of flesh. Oh my Rabb, it is now something that clings. Oh my Rabb, what should I write about it? Male or female? Wretched, evil, do or blessed? How long will be its age? How long, how long will be its age? How much will be its provisions? All that is written while it is still in the womb of the mother. So that which is already decreed, muqaddar, which is already destined, not that we must be lazy and do nothing, a person has to make an effort. But beloved friends, we must not make such an effort that we forget about akhirah, we become oblivious about mort, we become oblivious about uh, that we have to meet Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So it is mentioned in a hadith something to the new meaning, that on the day of Qiyamah, Allah ta'ala is going to ask a person five questions before he moves one step. How did you spend your life? How did you spend your youth? How did you earn your wealth? And what did you spend your wealth upon? And the fourth question is, how far the knowledge to possess how far do they act upon it? So, beloved friends, every person is going to be acqui- uh, every person is going to be accountable concerning these five aspects. Once Rasulullah came into the masjid and the Sahaba Ikram were laughing to such an extent that the teeth were exposed. So, nevertheless, the Rabbi Islam told them that if you remember the cutters of all pleasures that is referring to death, then I would not see you in this condition. Then every day he says, the Bishra says, every day the grave calls out, I am a place of loneliness, I am a place of dust, I am a place of exile, I am a place of worms. When a believing slave comes to the grave, the grave tells this person most welcome you are, of all the people walking upon me, I loved you the most, today you'll see how I will treat you. So the grave opens up as far as this person's eye can see. The windows of Jannah are open. The sweet-smelling fragrance of Jannah will be experienced in this person's grave. But if a disbelieving slave comes into the grave, the grave tells this person, most unwelcome you are. Of all the people walking upon me, you are the most despised. Today you'll see how I will treat you. So the grave closes up upon this person where he's looking into lock with one another. Different serpents are set upon this person. These serpents are so venomous, if it spits its putum upon the face of this earth, nothing will grow. At the end of this hadith, Nabi Ali says that the grave will either be Jahannam. 
So maqsad, maqsad is akhirat. Maqsad is to die with iman. Maqsad is to make effort on iman. Like how we mentioned that we have to make effort on our family members. Like this, Allah has given us such an effort that we have to make effort on the entire of human, humankind, human race. Kuntum khayra ummatin ukhrijat linnas ta'muruna bil ma'aruf wa tanhuna anil munkar wa tu'minuna billah. That all Muslims are the best of nations taken off for the guidance, hidayat of mankind. Why you enjoying good, forbid evil and bring iman in Allah. Now, beloved friends, if we do not make an effort, if we do not make an effort on iman, if we do not make an effort on amal, if we do not make such an effort, yesterday, there was a about 25 youngsters in the Mabel area. We met one brother, he told us for the last 20 years, he never made Jumma namaz. And he could barely read the kalima. The last 20 years, he never made Jumma namaz. And, and, he could barely read the kalima. He could only say, La ilaha illallah. That's all. And he couldn't say, Illallahu Muhammadur. And he's a born Muslim. Not very far away. You know, friends, you see, the objective of this type of incidents, maybe interact with the people that on the ground, when this gush takes place, when you can meet the people. The objective and the narration of these incidents is not to speak about the weakness of the ummah, but for us to have some realization that Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu, when he mentioned the statement that if there's any deficiency that comes in deen, can Abu Bakr be alive? Leave alone deficiency, people are not making namaz. Not very far away, we won't mention the area, within a three or four kilometer radius. One of the ladies went to meet one family, her husband had passed away. And while speaking to her, she mentioned that there was a Muslim girl from a prominent family. Very prominent, very, very prominent family. So the marriage was arranged for her to get married. One week before the marriage, she refuses to get married. She puts up a tantrum. And investigating what was the reason, this is the message that she gave her parents that I'm in love with another girl. Muslim girl. I'm in love with another girl. Love friend, they say even an elephant can slip on a banana peel. Nobody is safe. The fitnas are such that nobody can pay that they are safe. That is why it is very, very essential for every single person to make an effort on the iman. This home talim that we speak about, to sit down with the family and read the faza'il about, about the ahadith of Nabi alayhi salatu salam and the sahaba ikram, the stories of the sahaba ikram, the virtues of salah, Quran, dhikrullah. The stories of the Sahaba Ikram, the children's devotion, the woman's courage, the well and heroism, the love for the Sallallahu What is the objective of them? You see, when we speak, we are full of sins. Our words don't have nur. But when the ahadith of Nabi is mentioned, it affects the heart directly. So that heart will get affected, it will get munawar, it will get enlightened. What call Allah, call a Rasul, call Allah, call a Rasul. The words of Allah and the words of Allah's Rasul. So that environment has to be established in the home for the protection of the iman of our children. For the protection of every family member that is in that household. And like how in the masajid, when those halakat of Ta'ala, you see in the masjid of Nabi four things took place. One was Dawat, where the Nabi of Allah invited people towards Allah's deen. The second was learning and teaching. The third was dhikr and ibadat. The fourth was khidmat. Abu Bakr radiallahu presented deen to him, straight away accepted Islam. Umar radiallahu the famous incident when his sister was having talim in her house, Hazrat Khabbab radiallahu was teaching them the Quran, teaching Umar's sister and her brother 
Quran. Umar decided to go and assassinate the Prophet and he meets Sa'ad bin Abi Waqas on the way and they get into a discussion. Sa'ad asks him, Umar, where are you off to? I'm going to kill the Nabi of Allah. Sa'ad takes up his sword. They are about to fight, start the duel. They are about to fight. And he says to him, you'd rather go put your own house straight because your sister has accepted Islam. At that specific moment, what had happened? What was taking place in the house of the sister of Umar? The halqa of Ta'alim was taking place. Umar goes towards his sister's house. He knocks at the door. Hazrat Khabab hears the voice of Umar. He goes and hides in one of the rooms. When he comes inside, he hits his sister so badly, her head starts to bleed. He beats his brother-in-law up. The pages of the Quran on the table, his eyes falls on him. He tells his sister, okay, what are you reading? Show me. She tells him, no unclean person can touch the scriptures of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He goes, he makes ghusl, he starts reading Surah Taha. At the end of the chapter of the Quran, he says to his sister, okay, take me to Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Outside the house, what was the, what was the level of kufr in the heart of Umar When he came into that environment of ta'alim, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made Umar such that Nabi alayhi salatu wa said, if there was any Nabi to come after me, it would be Umar. When Umar walked on one side, Shaitan would walk on the other side. It was said to Umar, when you will go in the grave, when you will go in the grave, the malaika will ask you, who is your Rabb? You will reply, my Rabb is Allah, who is your Rabb? Then they will ask you, what is your deen? He will say, Umar will say that my deen is Islam, what is your deen? Then, they will ask him concerning Rasulullah sallallahu He will say that this is the Nabi of Allah, what do you have to say? They will return back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and they will say, Ya Allah, uh, were we sent to question him or was he sent to question us? Such iman Allah gave him. What was that, what was that amal that gave him that type of hidayat? Was the amal of ta'aleem. So some people accept Islam to ta'aleem. Him, the wife of Abu Sufyan, the one who threw the level of Hamza radhi In the conquest of Makkah, when Sahaba Ikram were making ibadat, when she looked at the ibadat of Sahaba Ikram, that affected her heart. So in the masjid of Nabi Ali Islam, these amas took place. And some people through khidmat. Some people through khidmat. Some people through the justice of, deen of, Allah, of the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Umar Razan was a very, very great enemy of Islam. He killed people like Anas radiallahu anhu. It was said that Barra bin Malik, they won't make him an amir because he had such valor. On one occasion, there was a fort. And this fort, the Sahaba couldn't get inside. So what he did, he went as the chain of the fort was coming up with its hook. He put his hand, grabbed on the chain, went into the fort, caused his entire flesh to melt away from his hand. He went into the enemy camp, fought with the enemy, opened the door, and his companions entered inside. That was the level of bravery that he had. And who was his brother? Anas bin Malik. Anas bin Malik was in the khidmat of Nabi Islam for 10 years. If anybody scolded him, Nabi Islam told him that do not scold him. Before if something had to happen, it was the decree of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So imagine he killed Barrabi Malik. When he was captured, Umar radiallahu anhu told him, speak. He said, how must I speak? Like a living person or a dead person? Umar radiallahu told him, la ba'ath. So this word, la ba'ath in Arabic, it means that you have come into my protection and nobody can do you any harm. So one of the companions of Umar radiallahu told him that, oh, Amir al-Mu'minin, you can't do him anything. Because you brought him in your protection. So he said, what do you mean? And then he explains himself. So Umar tells him, you rather go and bring a testimony to what you are saying, that this terminology, la ba'ath, means that a person comes in your protection, otherwise I'll start with you first. So nevertheless, he goes and brings a witness. And when this person testifies to the statement, Umar tells him, okay, you are free to go. What does Umar do? He goes, he makes ghuslan, and he comes and accepts Islam. He goes and makes ghuslan, and he comes and accepts Islam. Why? He was affected with the justice that the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala brought. If you look at the akhlaq of Nabi alayhi salatu wasalam, once there were some villages, and there was a drought, they were new Muslims. So they came to Nabi Ali Salaam and they told Nabi Ali Salaam that there's a fear, there's a drought, there's no money, and that there's a fear that the new Muslims will turn renegade and leave the fall of Islam. So, so, so 
Nabi Sallallahu asks Ali Radulani, is there any money in the Baytul Mal? The Baytul says, no, there's no money. So Zaid bin Suwana, who was a Jewish rabbi, he overhears this conversation and he arranges some money for Nabi Sallallahu and he gives it to him as a loan and some uh, arrangement has been made for the repayment of that loan. So Nabi Sallallahu takes that money and he gives it to those villages and they go away. So a few days before the repayment of that debt, this person, Zayd bin Sona, comes to Nabi Wasallam and he starts to throttle him and remind him and tell him that, do you know how many more days are left? And insulting Rasulullah So Umar turns into a rage. His face gets red. And he tells him, how dare you treat the Nabi of Allah like this? I will chop off your head. So nevertheless, Nabi Wasallam oh Umar, why did you tell him this? You should have told me I should have been quick in my repayment of my debt. And you should have told him to give me some type of respite. Why you told him you're going to chop off your head? Go give him his due and give him 20 sa'as extra, whatever the amount was, because of your harshness towards him. So nevertheless, he goes and he gives him this money, and he gives him the 20 sa'as extra. So when he gives him this extra, he asks him, what is this for? And he explains himself, this was my harshness towards you. And Zayd bin Suhana tells him, oh, Umar, do you not know who I am? Says, no, I don't know who you are. I'm Zayd bin Suhana, the Jewish rabbi. He says, if you are a Jewish rabbi, why did you do something like this? So Zayd bin Suhana says, see, I've seen all the signs of Nabuat in Nabi Ali Islam. But I wanted to see two salient qualities. That his patience will outstrip his anger. And the level O Umar, ashhadu an la ilaha illallah wa ashhadu anna Muhammadan abduhu wa rasuluhu. So beloved friends, a Muslim is a person who has to make such an effort on his own iman, so first and foremost he can be protected. He has to make such an effort on his family's iman, so they can also be protected. And he has to make such an effort on qualities, his akhlaq, his character, his business dealings, his mu'ashirat, his social structure, his interaction with people. Because why? This will be a magnet towards people coming to the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So for this there's an effort. That is why the masjid is there. The masjid is a place where a person's iman will get made, the, and, and the, if a person will not make an effort in, in the masjid on his iman, then beloved friends, outside, out there, in the marketplaces, in the bazaars, in our workplaces, in our homes, when the effort of being is not going to be taking place, nobody is going to be saved. So everything is black and white. Times that we are living now, beloved friends, is such that the fitnas arrive. Nobody is safe. So that is why we all have to make this intention deep down in our hearts that let us link ourselves to the masjid and not only to the masjid but the effort of the masjid. And for this, alhamdulillah, this effort taking place throughout, throughout our Durban, Kajidan, uh, our country, throughout the world. And mashallah, like this now in the last month, last three, four months, in the last three, four months, we had over 85 youngsters from our Kajidan area who were out for four months in the part of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They attended a gathering at Iskima, which was plus minus 600,000 people, 105 countries were present, youngsters from different parts of the world. Such an environment. Yeah, but you're meeting people from different walks of life, different languages, different color, different races. So this cocoon that we have to come out. And to, to, to step towards that, to climb up the ladder, you have to start from the masjid. Allah will give us a tawfiq to sit for that ta'aleem, to take part in that one gush, uh, to go for that three days, to go for that 40 days, to go for that four months. For what? What's the objective? I must die with iman. Like how we mentioned in the beginning, that that person who saved himself from the fire of Jahannam, admits himself in the jannah, faqad faz. That came through success, and not only him, but the entire human race. Why? It's all our responsibility in our zimidari. So for this, 
just alhamdulillah, a humble request for all of us, inshallah, to make such an effort in the amas of the masjid. And every Friday also, there's a weekly ishtima which takes place. And once a week, the entire Durban meets up at Masjid al-Hilal. That ishtima is for what? For the same reason. To come into the environment, so that how, once again, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala can accept us for the khidmat of his deen. So may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us all the tawfiq, inshallah, to make amal upon what has been heard and said. Wa akhid da'awan, alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen.